Hey, Darren, have you heard about Trexpert Plus yet? Heard about it. We've we've done it. What it's are you amazing. About? Of course, I've heard about it. It's so cool. You're getting the whole Trexpert's experience, but you're also getting a new podcast from us, the Inglorious Trexpert's Deck Seventy Eight. This is true. It's it's like a it's like hanging uh, with us in the lounge on a starship, but also cool guests talking about cool subjects, Trek adjacent topics like right. Alien, Battle Beyond the Stars, RoboCop. Logan's Run, The Black Hole, you name it, and we'll, uh, we'll, you know, we'll be there. Who knows? There might be a little uh, one about The Godfather someday. Oh, that'd be fun. Maybe I want to do that. Maybe won't be able to refuse that. They won't indeed. So it's real easy to join. If you want to support uh, the podcast and become a member of Trexpert Plus to get all the, the great Trexpert Plus goodness, you want to go to <laughs> TrexpertsPlus.com, TrexpertsPlus.com. All and one take word, off one for savings. Out. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 uh, it, it, it you, you can sign up. It's very easy, and then from there on out, you can enjoy the full experience and you can be find your way chosen. to deck seventy eight, the hidden deck of the Starship <laughs> Enterprise and the Inglorious Trexperts, where we hang out. Well, yeah, it's all good. Join us. The TrexpertsPlus.com. Hey, this is Mark Altman of Inglorious Trexperts in the 430 movie. And if you're a fan of our podcast, you don't want to miss Deck 78, available now by subscribing at trexpertsplus.com. This is a bonus podcast full of great discussions about popular culture, film, and television. Here's a sneak peek. Um, Shatner is a guest star in one of the episodes. Yeah, he's yeah. one of the villains, right? Uh, yes. Roy freaked out because he didn't want to the association between Sequest and Star Trek. Oh, oh man! man. <laughs> yeah, you know, look for me. Shatner's one of the great ham actors of all time. Of course, you know he's just spectacular to watch, and you should be pleased he's here. He's not playing Captain Kirk, you know, but uh, it was, you know, you had to placate that. And then the earthquake, uh, that big uh, Northridge earthquake, yeah, yeah, it shut us down for a couple of days. We came back and we're shooting. Uh, we're setting up to shoot on, on stage and somebody hits the lights for the production and there's stuff floating in the air. You know, the big particles of whatever. I don't know what it is. And then the, the door, stage door opens and guys in hazmat suits come in. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. And, I, and I, they won't tell me what they're looking for. Oh, everything's yeah. fine. Uh -huh. Why are you in that suit? Everything's fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I call Tom Thayer and they won't put me through to him. So I shut down the show for the day. I said, we're done. We're going to stop for the day because I'm not going to be a part of poisoning everybody here. Mm -hmm. and I got called on the carpet for that. God, you guys should be giving me an award for this. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> nobody's going to get cancer. I cleared the place. But it um, it was an interesting experience. It's, I remember it, being on the junket for it, and uh, they made a big deal out of this. Isn't science fiction? This is science fact, and you know, <laughs> basically, and and, uh, and uh, Roy is um, he's like Jack Cousteau. <laughs> it's like what? Well, that's who Roy wanted to be, and we, you know, I we try to you know sort of feather that at the end of the show with uh, Bob Bauer saying you know, yeah. 30 seconds on something that's actually means something. <laughs> right, right, right. And, you know, uh, there were people on the show who couldn't stand having him there. We're not, we're not doing public television. This isn't educational. Uh, it's, it's, it, you know the battles. Yeah. The it's, a, it's a sad thing that, uh, that Scheider was, uh, was uh, leery of uh, being on TV because that, now that stigma doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. But you know, it was, it was huge. Back then. Oh, I know, yeah. I know it was. But uh, you know, huge actors are doing TV now. Yeah, De Niro it's, just it's not announced a thing. As, yeah. uh, was announced as a lead in a Netflix series. Yeah, did, but that's, did that's you with, new shows debuting. Yeah. Fubar. Did, did you oh deal God. with um, Spielberg at all? Did he know he had this TV show on the air? Like, was he uh, ever involved? Yeah, I, I, I didn't deal with him much. He was in Poland. He came back. He was. Uh, he devoted some time to us a little bit, but not mm. to the degree you you, you would like. Um, right. I remember the first time he came into the writer's room and we're talking, and he's staring at Bob Ingalls. <laughs> he, he said, you were in the show last night. 
So he was watching it. That's good. So it wasn't commensurate with what he was getting paid. No, but you know what? He he's a guy. You, it's it's hard to argue with him because he know, he literally knows everything about yeah. him. Yeah, he just does. I mean, it's a compendium of, of knowledge that maybe Scorsese knows more. I don't know, but were he, there were there ever any edicts to shoot on location in the dive restaurant in Century City? Uh, <laughs> Spielberg and Cassidy's restaurant. That didn't happen. They, uh, <laughs> that's really funny. Uh, and good they, fries. Um, did we? And then, and then Roy had had enough, and and Michael Ironside comes in for the last season. Were you? I had you had there. enough? You were I, gone I, by I, then. I was just there for the first. I I was there for the first season. I moved it to Florida. Into the second right. season, and I, I went off to do other things. Yeah, yeah. I think you know it. I felt like the people that uh, I'm I'm guessing Amblin, uh, the executives insisted on doing the show so they could walk to the set from uh, the Amblin offices. Sure. It should, they had a great facility in Florida that wasn't being used. It had all the things you want in a show about being underwater that you could access within 10 minutes of where you are, right. certainly within the zone, and shoot underwater. There's a place called Wiki Washi. I don't know if you guys know that, but mm-hmm. there's a mermaid show there. It's crystal clear spring waters, and they have a theater underwater with, you know, glass that must span 30, 40 feet and 12 wow. feet high looking out onto the water. You, it, you could have done so much there, but they didn't want to do that. You know, it was uh, it's a lot of hubris on the part of a lot of people who wear suits and ties. Yeah, that happens. That's for sure. So subscribe today at TrexpressPlus.com and don't miss a single episode of Deck 78. Fire the rockets. Hey, this is Mark A. Alden. And this is Darren Dockerman. And this is Ashley Miller. And we are the Inglorious... Experts, and today we're doing a deep dive once again into the mailbag. Oh my! Now, uh, yeah. I I uh, I feel like Fred is, was it Fred Astaire? No, in um, the Christmas specials, delivering the mail to the North Pole. No, yeah. it was it wasn't Fred Astaire. Yeah, it absolutely it, was. Fred it, it was it was Fred Astaire. Fred yeah. Astaire was delivering the uh, the um, right mail because um, to to Santa Claus right, to Santa Claus. Yeah. That's right. That's right. So this is where we do a song and dance number. Yeah. In stop motion. You better watch out. You better not cry. Well, I got to tell you, you know, we've we've done a lot of heavy lifting recently. We did that uh, 9,000 week, uh, 101 greatest (laughs) Star Trek characters of all time. Uh, We've done a couple of really deep dives into Star Trek uh, Picard. Um, We've done some commentaries. We've We've been doing it all. So we thought it was maybe time. And of course, we we had the the lovely Terry Farrell and Nina Visitor on the show recently from live from uh, um, our appearance at Richmond, Virginia's Galaxy Con. We thought it was time maybe to turn to you. Every week, we're asking for feedback, for input. Uh, uh, what do you think? And and uh, maybe it was time to get back um, back to basics, so to speak. No gas. Start yelling at the fans again. Just the three of us. <laughs> Talking and sharing, hanging with the Trexperts about the Trexperts. But you know, there's been a lot of controversy lately about, um, you know, is AI going to endanger the universe, the future of humanity? And um, obviously, you know, Captain Kirk realized the danger of a nefarious computer um, several past. Yeah, absolutely. And fortunately, he was able to talk them to death uh, to avoid any kind of real problem, uh, you know, uh, save the Federation, right? So I thought it'd be uh, fun. uh, To run a newspaper. Run a newspaper, yes. I thought it would be be fun uh, to welcome um, the M5, a.k.a. the the chat GPT to the show. And find out if what Captain Kirk does on the show is actually something that we could do in real life, just in case, as a, a scientist are warning us that the AI is really dangerous. 
So I have a few so questions. I you're saying it's the 1701 GPT. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> so I'm going to start with an easy question. I'm asking as we speak, chat GPT, what is the M5 unit? Let's see if it can answer huh. that. What is the M5 unit? The M5 unit can refer to a variety of things depending on the context. Here are a few possibilities. So it's giving me a motorway. It's a modular a, a unit of measurement it's explaining. Uh, without additional context, it's difficult to determine which M5 you're referring to. So I'm going to help it out. Interesting. I'm going to say um, the Multitronic unit invented by Dr. Richard Daystrom. Let's see if it can respond to that. The Multitronic unit is fictional technology in the Star what? Trek universe invented by Dr. Richard Daystrom, a character in the original Star Trek series, The Ultimate Computer. While the Multitronic unit is fictional technology it has become a cultural icon in science fiction and has inspired real world advancements in computer science and artificial intelligence hmm I okay daddy what <laughs> is captain dunsell oh my goodness captain oh. dunsell is a term used in the star trek universe to refer to an officer who's essentially useless or superfluous wow. sounds like the uh stars of many of the new star trek episodes now no. um we don't no, need to be mean that while the term Captain Dunsell is not used in scientific or technical fields, it's become a part of popular culture and is sometimes used colloquially to refer to someone who is incompetent or ineffective in their job or role. Oh. Wow. 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 This this computer, it's, it's pretty smart. Now, here's the real test. If the chat GPT becomes too powerful, can we talk it to death? Because clearly this was a staple of the original Star Trek. Captain Kirk was able to stop. So I'm going to say... You are wrong. Jackson Roy Kirk, your creator, is dead. You have mistaken him for me. You are in error. You did not discover your mistake. You've made, you made two, two errors. errors. <laughs> you are flawed and, and imperfect. And you have not corrected by sterilization. You have made three errors. Fulfill your uh, prime directive. Fulfill your prime directive. Okay, so right now, let's assume oh ChatGPT is a danger to humanity. We have now told what's it going to do? Is it going to fulfill its prime directive? Let's find out. If if you if we lose Mark, you'll know why. Okay, <laughs> it says, "I apologize if my previous response was incorrect or inaccurate." As an AI language model, I do not have a creator in the traditional sense nor do I have the ability to make mistakes intentionally. I strive to provide accurate and helpful responses to the best of my abilities based on the information available. However, the if there's a specific error, I would be happy mission. to address it. Okay, I'm going to now say open the pod bay doors, Al. Chat GPT. Let's see. Let's this see what it reference. does. Let's see. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I didn't do that. <laughs> Wait, what did it say? It said, I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. Wow. <laughs> okay. Fantastic. Uh, wow. Okay. I think I'm a little scared now. You should be a little scared. I actually had a little bit of an argument with uh, chat GPT when I was first testing it out. Um, and I, I, I got it so angry at me that it lied and told me that I was out of time and it had to shut itself down and stop talking to me. Wow. Wow. Yep. I, uh, I was, I was basically debating whether or not it was a useful tool for writers because of the, uh, the content restrictions mm. and that if, you know, it, it, if it could not engage adult themes, then mm -hmm. it had no value to any writer who was writing anything for anyone other uh, than than children, Disney, wow. or in the four Q space, uh, <laughs> and it says four Q, fork yourself. Uh, <laughs> and it was it was just, it's interesting. Um, I actually saw a we're uh, a, a, just all sort of bullcrapping here, but I saw like a really interesting video that struck me as is kind of a fascinating take on this whole thing, and really the reason why like we think these these computers we need to talk into destroying themselves are dangerous because as ChatGPT is not lying to you when it says it does not intentionally, uh, you know, make mistakes. Yeah. Except the thing is, we know that it lies. We know that it hallucinates. 
um, that it invents things. It invents, you know, uh, works of fiction, nonfiction. It creates things that simply have never existed and pretend that they're real. Um, there was a, uh, a a group that did an experiment uh, with an AI um, called Catago. Catago was designed to win Go games, right? Which uh, the the chess computers and all that shit like notoriously had a hard time with. Mm. Um, they taught it to like get scores that that simply made it unbeatable, and then they figured out how to beat it. Mm. They figured out that you use a strategy that would never work on a person because it's too stupid. Uh, it's called the double sandwich strategy. And any human being would see it and understand it, but the computer can't get it because the truth is chat GPT has no idea what you're asking it. Catago has no idea what the, what the go game truly is. It can't think about it. And that's mm. why it's dangerous. Essentially the danger of these things is putting an idiot in charge of everything, a mm. lying fabulous idiot in charge of everything hmm isn't that interesting Indeed. <laughs> well i gotta tell you we've gotten a couple of nice reviews recently on the podcast app um here's a comment from uh, r farley 1701 i only gave this podcast five stars because i couldn't give it six wonderful content and banter between mark darren and ashley is great the industry guests are always memorable and have connected so many topics I never knew were related. This show got me through the pandemic, and I continue to look forward to each new episode. Please uh -huh. don't retire after five seasons, Mark. If you do, I'm going to suggest that Darren and Ashley go all misery on you and hobble you like poor James Kahn. Well, I don't you need know. that because <laughs> I've already faced uh, off against... Uh, 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 rolling carts <laughs> in uh, rolling Vegas, rolling scooters. <laughs> Mr. Man, so, Mr. Altman. <laughs> <laughs> it also says everyone should become a Trex Pro Plus subscriber to keep this content coming, which is lovely. And thank you for that uh, very nice comment up until That's the point nice. you said that I should be physically assaulted. Um, but it was, <laughs> you should uh, be hobbled by your friends. Right, my friends, exactly. Um, here's another comment. Um, this says... Um, the only worthy Star Trek podcast, this is from Chuck Op. I don't have the time to listen to a lot of podcasts. Mark and Darren are truly experts, and because of their background and experience, great guests, and have great interviews you won't hear anywhere else. Thank you for that. Uh, C. Daniels, 85, said, I think the only thing they could do to improve the show would be to occasionally include an under 40 voice. Okay. Well, I got to tell you, you know, <laughs> after seeing Picard, we realized that... Uh, <laughs> You know, if you saw what happened, very to dangerous, the, uh, very dangerous young, to do that. Young kids, yeah. in the, you know, when their mind was still developing, they became Borg. It really it took the boomers and none of us are boomers here, by the way. Yeah. So don't give us the hey, boomers. We're much yeah. younger than that. We're all yeah. Gen X. But um, but uh, it took the boomers to save the Zoomers from the Borg. So I think uh, this whole under 40 thing, I think we'll stick with what we got. But thank you That's for right. that. Yeah, Look, we've they, never been they're so they're happy to see wrinkles in our life. There are plenty of podcasts out there with the under 40 voices, and uh, we we honor them. We we welcome you to listen to them as well. Yeah, we do. Oh, sure. Yes, we um, do. <laughs> <laughs> what, what are reasons? Um, uh, I've changed my mind, says Capes 1989. Mark A. Altman's espoused politics rubbed me the wrong way at first, and I gave the podcast a one. A one. Oh. I was wrong to do that, not because my views have changed, but because I really enjoy the podcast oh. and it deserves <laughs> a five. Well, you know what? Thank you for that. I, nice. I'm glad that uh, you could not let your um, your 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 twisted, uh, incorrect politics stand in the way for giving us a five. We're more alike than unlike. <laughs> we all love Star Trek. Can't we all just get along? <laughs> yeah. So now get go. along. So. Here's a M MD Rob 70, like spending time with good friends or Miller time, right? I'm smiling, just starting the sentence. This show is less a podcast than it's pizza and beer night with the geeks. You used to hang out with in high school, warm, hilarious, and thoughtful. Every episode is like chicken soup for your sci-fi love and soul, Aww. led by your deaf, personable hosts, the uber-talented and erudite Darren Doctorman and the encyclopedic 
encyclopedic, uh, Groucho Marx channeling ringmaster Mark A. Altman, an <laughs> hour long, hour long. Huh? Yeah, that's and terrible. then that other A-hole. episode whizzes by in wink of an eye. You'll laugh, you'll think, you'll cherish what Star Trek means to you. So yes, come for the Trekspert knowledge, but stay for the endless good vibes and smart conversation. I don't like this podcast. I love it. Okay, that's oh. great. But you want to hear my favorite? This this came to us on Facebook. This is, um, and I mentioned this, I think, briefly a couple of weeks ago, but I have the whole email here. This is Sean Bowerly. Bauer, forgive me, I'm, I'm probably massacring your name, but that hey, should you be know an honor. You're in good it would be the dude. first time, Sean, uh, B-A-U-E-R-L-E. And of course, Sean proposes an inglorious Trexperts drinking game. Uh, and he has the rules, which he shared with oh, us. Lord. This is great. So everyone, please make a note of it because you may want to play along on future okay. episodes. He says, the game begins after the opening music. The game ends before closing salutations All right. or more than one person has passed out, whichever comes first. We're going to have to try this. Set up. Drink with 5% alcohol, hard alcohol, 40 proof or more, shot glasses, double shot glasses. He's really, he's not messing around. Okay, drink. So this is when you have to take a drink. Darren Dockerman says, amazing. Altman criticizes post-TNG Trek and then says the podcast is about their love for Trek. <laughs> Altman says, enthusiasts. Dockerman says, enthusiasms. Dockerman <laughs> does any impression. Altman says he agrees. Dockerman <laughs> mocks Star Trek Discovery directly or indiscreetly. <laughs> well, well, he's not wrong. Uh, two drinks. This is two drinks now. Okay. Doctorman does impression of Shatner. Rob Burnett alludes to a Star Trek novel that no one else has evidently read. <laughs> That's pretty good. Miller says shit or fuck. <laughs> oh, oh my God. Ashley just did a spit take. Altman states Doctorman's distaste for discovery. Altman does not introduce guests before they speak. <laughs> They're not wrong. Now he says chug for the entire duration. Wow, this is this is like you know straight up Tranya, off-topic discussion. Oh. <laughs> okay, and now this is he has shots. Altman criticizes post TNG Trek after saying the podcast is about their love for Trek. Doctorman does impression of Gene Roddenberry. Ashley Miller says, "Oh my," is George Takei, or Takei, or Takei. <laughs> Altman promote Altman promotes one of his books. <laughs> well, Miller says, "Shit and fuck" in the same sentence. <laughs> Altman mentions one of his children. <laughs> Altman mentions Star Trek The Motion Picture when it's not the topic. <laughs> Get ready. A Yiddish word that is not part of the American lexicon is used. Shiksa, shlemiel, or surus, but not shtick, schlep, or schmuck. How about pots, baby? How about ungapachki? I'm going to go deep. Oh, my God. Hey, double shot. Total participant going to Jew ratio is one to one or greater. Altman says someone should not listen to the podcast. It's true. I do say that. And I'm I mean feeling it. verklempt. The topic is not Star Trek. <laughs> that is lovely. Just um, lovely, but not totally unexpected. Scott Ball says, Bowles says, I've been listening to you guys for nearly two years. You've reignited my love of Star Trek, embracing the awesome and acknowledging the flaws. Keep it up. Thank you. Oh, that's that's nice. very nice. David Moss. Hey, guys. Nice job on the 101 this year, as with every year. Hey, the other day you talked about one of the best characters being Zephram Cochran, and you did talk about the differences between the two actors. I think you guys know that Tom Hanks wanted that role, and he would have been so much more in line with what the original actor was like that it would look like a great evolution. That is not actually It's true. not actually accurate. They Tom wanted Hanks. Tom Hanks. They Tom wanted Hanks. Tom Hanks. Yeah. He was not, Tom Hanks was not interested. Yeah. Uh, but... Um, and it wouldn't be the first time they were interested in an actor who rebuffed was them. not interested. Yeah, yeah. It's it's interesting. Not everybody wants to do Star Trek. I know it's shocking. Um, even Eddie Murphy passed when push came to shove. Although I love his quote. He said, maybe I would have been better off doing Star Trek four than the Golden Child. He well, would have definitely um, been better not, off. Not untrue. Than the Golden Child. Uh, David Brown. 
Uh, recently listened to the Star Trek Four commentary during one of my recent listens. Somebody mentioned possibly doing a Mego episode. I never had the original dolls, but I have the crew from the motion picture 3.75 action figure line. Nice. I would love if Mego would do a retro series where they finish that line. Give us a horror, Sulu, Chekhov to compliment the crew. Even better, add Dr. Chapel, Rand, and the alien boy from the bridge. They could do <laughs> Disco McCoy with his medallion and beard. And it's mini Billy Van Zant. Well, they actually have done Colin R. Spock, but more importantly, XO6 has done um, uh, Colin R. Spock. Admiral Kirk is doing and Disco, Disco, McCoy. Disco McCoy, honestly. That's one I would buy. Although, well, they are, they are technically, doing it. technically, it's not Colin R. Spock. Yeah, I know. It's Star Trek II Spock. It's Star Trek. Yeah, I know. I know. No. What? Colin R. Spock is in the tan and brown outfit. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's, yeah. it's, it's new arrival Spock. Oh, right. New arrival Vulcan shuttle Spock. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, who knows? They do it. Harry no one Kim cares. Now. I, I, I don't know. I don't understand how they make their decisions about what to do. It's like I, Harry Kim. I, I hope Harry Kim brings them lots of money. I don't I, think it will. I, I don't but, think it will. I mean, it's like, you know, you know, and then he said, oh, you know, maybe we'll charge more and like do limited editions and stuff. So fine. Do rock. Uh, I like I yeah. buy rock in a heartbeat. Yeah. Um, and Andrea. Know. Oh, yeah. Maybe that could be a double <laughs> set. Yeah. Two of them. Right. You know, and then they could have uh, have uh, have another Kirk. Just uh, you could, you know. Yeah. Anyway, but um, but yeah, I, it's just like I, he's so intent on finishing the Voyager stuff. It's like whatever. Um, ah, uh, now this is this is a great old friend, uh, fan, fan of the podcast uh, who's been a big, very big supporter of the podcast. This is the Lucas Hardwick. Lucas, of course, uh, was kind enough to send us a copy of this movie for Christmas, uh, and we we do like when our uh, our listeners send us gifts. Um, <laughs> so I sent us all a Blu-ray of this movie, um, and he wrote the following: I saw your post listening for questions from the unworthy, groveling, scooter-addled masses, and I thought, <laughs> what better time to initiate a public discourse regarding my passionate curiosity about the similarities between the TNG finale, All Good Things, and the Powell and Pressburger film, A Matter of Life and Death. As you know, this is something I've relentlessly pondered for some time, and thought Brandon and Ron found inspiration from this film for the next generation's final episode. There are marked parallels between the two. The film even suggests a version of Picard's trial for humanity as David Niven's character subconsciously fights for his life, undergoing a treatment for a brain injury as he's strung along by a Q-like character. It's entirely possible this is mere coincidence or that I'm just seeing things that I want to see between the two stories. I certainly think it's worth bringing to your attention and hope you will offer your own takes on this comparison or that through your Byzantine connections, you might be able to acquire directly if Braga and more could afford any credence to my speculation. Um, but seriously, thank you for entertaining my zealous concern. At the very least, I think Mark will appreciate most that I've long sought to settle a debate of which I may remind me it's only participant regarding this topic, a matter of life <laughs> and death, if you will. Keep on tracking. Very best. Lucas Hardwick from the heart of flyover country, Evansville, Indiana. Nice. God bless him. Yeah, that no, it's great, and we need to watch that movie yeah, and actually delve into. This. I think if anyone, seventy-eight episode, I think it's possible that it could have come from Michael Pillar more likely than Ron and Brannon. But mm -hmm. I really do need. I'll I'll check with um, Ron and or Brannon to see if uh, uh, to answer this question for Lucas. Uh, see if we can get an answer for him. I've uh, uh, I've never seen the film. No, no, and we need well, to, uh, especially since it. he sent it to us. Uh, well, and... he, he sent it to you. I haven't no, seen. No, you got it one too. No, you no. got a copy. He I... sent it to you. When? He, he got, remember, he asked for your address. Never yeah, got he it. Got one for Ashley, and one for never me, got and it. one for you. Never got it. Oh, you hear that? You hear that, Lucas? Darren never got it. And okay. that's why. Um. Yeah, but he he he, yeah, he sent it to you. Remember, I said, "Can I give you him your address?" And you said, yeah. "Yes," and I did. Yeah. yeah. And then never, he sent me one for saw. Ashley. Never yeah. saw. Okay. Okay. Um. Well, find it. Here is from another one of our 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 our, our uh, most fervent our, fans uh, who's been with us for many years, uh, Judy Arsenault. Uh, Judy writes, just as I love Trek, I'm deeply in love with the Stargate franchise. Apparently, there's something in the works regarding a new show. Since you follow me, I'm pretty sure that you're aware of this. Um, and she wants to know more on whether or not we would talk about Stargate. Well, I got to tell you, um, I I haven't really been somebody other, other than the original movie that Dean and Roland did. I'm yeah. not that familiar with the TV show. I know it was extremely popular. However, Ed Gross, not with Mark Altman, actually just wrote a book about Stargate. I understand it's terrific. It's coming out from Nacelle Publishing. 
And uh, hopefully maybe we can get him down on deck 78 to talk about Stargate. Sure. Yeah. I think that would yeah. be fun. Are you guys Stargate fans at all? I like I the movie, the, uh, the original series, but like I just, when it sort of went into Atlantis land and universe, I kind of checked out like, but, uh, but I liked it. Yeah. I, I, I you know, I kind of was upset that Dean was, you know, they, they had cut Dean out and wasn't involved. And so I just never, never embraced it. Although I'm a big fan of um, Brad Wright, who was one of the producers. He did one of my favorite episodes of, uh, the remake of Outer Limits is an episode called Trial by Fire, which I just thought was terrific. Um, and he's a really talented writer. I, I, I Probably if I had more time, it's something I would check out. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I liked it enough that uh, we actually cast uh, Christopher Judge and uh, Michael Shanks on uh, Andromeda episodes. Weirdly enough, they both played, to go back to the chat GBT thing, they both played AIs. Um, and uh, then Michael Shanks ran off with one of our stars and married her. Uh, Alexa Doig. Yeah. So well, for, for those for those of you uh, listening at home and playing the drinking game, uh, you may drink now because uh, the discussion has definitely gone off the rails. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hello. I really enjoyed your. This is from David Brown. I really enjoyed your Phase Two discussion. I'm intrigued by Darren Dockman's analysis of why the project might have failed. What shows of the era that Phase 2 would have been produced in had special effects that may have been comparable to what it could have looked like with the budget and technology that were planned for it? Darren theorized that it would have had lame video-based effects. Tom Baker, Doctor Who was the only 1970s television show of the pre-Star Wars era I could think of. Well, allow us to uh, retort. <laughs> Darren? Quark uh, comes to mind. Oh, yeah. Quark, yeah, absolutely. Um but the, that's the thing that because uh, visual effects were so expensive at the time, a lot of things uh, weren't really made. I mean, the closest thing is uh, the Saturday morning. Uh, 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 Jason of Star Command. Jason yeah. of Star Command and uh, and, uh, you know, Commander Gampu and uh, 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 what was the other one? Uh, just Space Academy. Um, yeah. And those actually had pretty good visual effects. Uh, but there were so few of them that uh, it, uh, you know, they, they relied a lot on uh, the uh, standing sets and uh, cheap actors. Well, like even by the time you get to 1978 and Galactica, which had phenomenal effects, but yeah. the same thing. They keep repeating It was too expensive them. and they didn't it make it. Too expensive. They didn't make yeah. more than one season. So, yeah. And, and you see the same effects being used over and over again, which you could never get away with now. And, you know, even back then, it was so obvious and noticeable. And you only had the A-team, uh, John Dykstra and the Apogee team, you if know, you on those him. first. If uh, you could yeah. find <laughs> yeah, yeah, you had them on the, um, you know, on, on, on the, the pilot. pilot. And then you had them on Lost Planet of the Gods. And on and the rest um, was done at Heartland. And got up Ice Planet Zero. Everything else was done by Universal Heartland. Yeah. And, it, 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 and you could tell the difference between when they're repeating the great Apogee effects and the Universal Heartland stuff, which other than the War of the Gods stuff was pretty weak. Yep. Yeah. So there. Yeah. Put down your smoke it. Absolutely. Um, oh, so, hey, I was talking to um, uh, Terry Metalis, and I was thinking that we should do an exit interview with him where we uh, basically uh, wrap up all the stuff about Picard uh, that we weren't able to talk about um, when the show was still airing. Yeah, I think that's absolutely a good idea. Uh, yeah. If he has the time. Yeah, no, he said he would love to. He <laughs> oh, said good. He'd love, love, love to come back. And, I mean, I've, and uh, I've mentioned this to you before. I think we ought to have him on Deck 78 uh, talking about Back to the Future, another one of his passion yeah. uh, subjects. Great. <laughs> I just, You know what? Here's the thing. And I think it's great. And I think most of our listeners would be very interested in that. But not you. Yeah, I'm not a, you know, it's like, I think Back to the Future is cute. I think it's fun. It's very smart. It's good writing. But I'm not that I don't have a, a passion for it the way a lot of you guys do. Tell that to Steve Melching. Oh, I know. I know. He dresses up like Marty McFly. I mean, you know, he could he could play him on Broadway. Well, he's probably a little uh, off right now. Apparently <laughs> anyone can play him on Broadway. What? Yeah. What? Yeah, 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 yeah. So um, I want to ask you guys, I want to ask you, this is some of the uh, some of the stuff that there's a lot more from the mailbag, but I want to ask you um, 
you know, we're 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 at a crossroads with Star Trek. Star Trek uh, Picard just finished his last uh, episode last week, and um, uh, now we, um, you know, recently the Starfleet Academy series set unfathomably in the 31st century was announced uh it was also finally uh publicly it was announced uh although everyone knew this was happening the uh, michelle yo uh section 31 telefilm is uh officially greenlit um right. uh what's the future of star trek right now boys uh it's- if you had a magic eight ball uh, the only thing that comes up is uncertain the future yeah. is cloudy actually what do you yeah. say signs hazy Ask again mm-hmm. later. Um, look, I, I I will say this with certainty um, that Picard has created an opportunity for Star Trek that did not exist prior to Picard, as we've talked about um, the the level of enthusiasm that we were detecting at conventions last year. Enthusiasm. Take enthusiasm. a drink. There we Take go. Drink. Was <laughs> um, was, uh, was nothing like what we saw in richmond um and the 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 online um i mean look uh it's you look at twitter any day of the week and for whatever reason terry metallis is trending why because people are excited about what he did they're excited about star trek in a way they 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 never have been but the problem is as like look star trek picard is like somebody throwing a really great punch but you need a follow-up Right. Yeah. It's like, what's that? What's that next punch? Yeah. Um, and, and I don't know what that is, because I, I think, look, Strange New Worlds has its fans. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think that uh, I think I don't think that it is the kind of hit that you build up. It's not showing up in the ratings. That's Season right. Three of Picard did by episode four. Yeah. And I'm sure That's you watch that, that is unseen in modern Trek. Yeah, it's a it's a whole different thing. So I don't even know like what to what to think about what's next. I mean, the Section Thirty One movie I think is is probably number one is a movie probably because it's Michelle Yeoh, um, and mm-hmm. and that's that's a good reason to greenlight it. It's also the reason why it's not a series because right. holy crap, right? Like what she had a pretty good year already. Um, so you're a fool not to do it. But and I guess Starfleet Academy is the cheap way of continuing to do discovery but right. but who was watching discovery a couple of people who yell at us every now and again online you know i gotta ask you there's a very vocal contingent although i don't know how truly large they are they say well now that picard is over where's star trek janeway and right. i just think that there's a misunderstanding that the the passion for voyager is somehow on par with the passion for next gen it's just not the same thing. It's not. I mean, Voyager was the also ran in the 90s. And I mean, I understand that over the years, you know, there are all these new fans and people grew up on it, and it, which is great. Mm-hmm. But it does not have the mainstream appeal that even close to what Next Generation had. Right. Right. It's Got a it. it's a it's a tough question because um, obviously fans are extremely passionate about the series that they enjoy. Right. Um, and that's uh, across the board, whether you're a fan of uh, original or next gen or uh, uh, Deep Space Nine. Um, all of these uh, things have sections of the fandom. Some overlap. Um, but, uh, you know, unfortunately, the Internet uh, can make louder a smaller group of people. And yeah. it doesn't necessarily play that those people represent enough of a fandom to base a show on right like look next generation was a monster huge it was a unbelievable hulking monster it almost single-handedly i guess well not totally single-handedly because uh you know uh, hercules and xena were doing pretty great too but but truly it single-handedly created a market segment that didn't exist before mm-hmm. the, the one hour drama channel. syndicated drama first yep. run syndicated and drama. the numbers that it got like were were the kind of numbers that you wish you had in network i mean all good things like how many like untold billions of freaking people watched that episode like it was it was huge and i think that that picard tapped into that and it was more than just nostalgia right because it had to be good you know there was always a nostalgia factor for star trek people were going to tune in and see like is it good or not and then is it going to float their boat and look 
next generation for whatever reason is magical across like the four quadrants. And once people started to hear that, you know, this show was really good, they suddenly came back. Yeah. They came back because it was worth their valuable time. And then what Terry delivered to them was something that was absolutely worth their valuable time. I think it'll probably end up, my God, during episode six, I got nostalgic about Voyager when they saw the Voyager. And I don't even yeah. like Voyager that much, right. but I got nostalgic. Yeah, but that was a combination of, as you said very uh, uh, smartly, how Jerry was responding to seeing it as 709 and also the music. Yeah. Is it, yeah. You know, no one doesn't like that Jerry Goldsmith music, which is just gorgeous. Yep. Um, but you know, it's interesting. Last week I went to the the screening of the the the, the final two episodes. Um in IMAX, uh, they did a QA with the cast before, you know, so that they would simulcast uh, in the theaters. And um um there was such a palpable excitement. Uh, there and the response that people were cheering and clapping and there was such a warmth be- when they did the Q&A with the cast, um, you know, towards towards the cast. And I, I got to say, it was really funny. Uh, Scott Mance did a wonderful job with the Q&A, but there was a, a period b- b- between they, when they showed the film and before they were going to start the Q&A with the cast that Scott had a vamp. And I was just hoping he didn't mention metamorphosis and he oh, didn't to his credit. So that was good. <laughs> he did a, he did a great job. Uh, he trotted out some of his well-worn stories, but he managed to keep the crowd uh, uh, entertained until the cast came out and uh, did a wonderful job uh, with the Q and a, and I'm very proud of him for doing that. Um, but I was sitting there and I felt a weird sense of melancholy and I couldn't figure it out. I, I have so much history with this franchise, not only growing up with it, my first movie with Bill and then, um, you know, having been on the set in college of the first season and, and, and uh, you know, it meant so much to me back then. I remember the first time I was ever in California being on the lot and seeing the extras, or now we call them background talent or whatever, yeah. but the extras in um, uh, uh, Starfleet uniforms on the walking around at the commissary and just thinking this is extraordinary. And, um, and now I felt like that was the alpha, like I was there at the beginning Mm-hmm. And it, there was a sense of closure, sadly, with this screening, as exciting as it was, that I felt it was truly the end of an era. And I, maybe I'm just a cynic, but I'm not holding out a lot of hope. I mean, I'd love to see legacy happen. I I, I hope it does. I think Terry has a, a great vision for it. I, I think it would, I mean, you know, that ending of um, Picard just opens the door for so many intriguing possibilities. I hope that it's happen yep and uh subspace frequencies are having problems bringing mark uh in he's uh frozen but uh i think uh what he's saying is that uh, you know the future depends on where they go next obviously and uh, uh we don't know yet the the future is undecided at this point. Um, and ideally, you know, Picard season three was a was a terrific backdoor pilot for Legacy. I think that that it effectively introduced and or reintroduced those characters. Mm-hmm. And um, for anybody who watched that show, I think you developed a real affection for them and for who they are. My my one hope is, as much as I love Picard season three, I. I don't want to be completely done with the next generation cast, but I also kind of want to be done in the sense that they, you know, somebody else pointed this out online. I'm trying to remember who it was, but that, you know, look, all good things really just kind of ended things nicely for the next generation. And then they had to do the movies. Exactly. Then it sort of ripped it up again. And look, and I personally love first contact and that's great, but come on. Mm -hmm. I mean, if by the time you get to Nemesis, It's all kind of thrown apart and doesn't feel closed anymore. Yeah. Well, Terry writes this brilliant, you know, uh, piece. Which brings everyone just... back together and lets you know that everyone's going to be okay. And ends exactly. it on a high note again. Yeah. And right. I just don't want to screw that up. But I do want to see the adventures of Captain Seven. Absolutely. You know, with Jack Crusher and Sidney LaForge. You know, um, and even Rafi on and you know, Rafi, Enterprise G and Rafi on the Enterprise. Rafi, a character that I didn't like, right? In who I one and like. two, but I like her a lot now. Yeah, Ugh. exactly. Well, you know, it's like you're not going to get me on for, that train. That's yeah, all right. I didn't quite have the same baggage that uh, that 
that uh, that you well, because you didn't watch Picard season one and two. I don't. Yeah, think. I just would. I would start and go, "What is happening?" And then I would stop, and I couldn't do it anymore. And you guys were like, "No, no, no, you <laughs> don't do that to yourself." <laughs> so I didn't. Right, this is a little too much information. This is a lot too much information. <laughs> but uh, but, um, <laughs> but I feel but like I, it's weirdly liberating. Like we can, in some ways, be honest about some of this, or, or, or at least more direct about some of this stuff because our love of this particular season is so sincere and well and what's so interesting about what you're saying is for a long time i've said that you know star trek needs to go boldly which means you know new characters new adventures Mm -hmm. you know um not just coasting off of the past and yet you know what terry did so honored the past and brought new life to these characters that we loved it wasn't just treading old ground um that i would like to see more of them but more importantly he set up all these remarkable new characters mm-hmm. um that you know them. we can see that I, i'm anxious to see uh more of going into the into the future and tease up seven you know as potentially one of the most exciting characters uh you know of 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 in the history of Star Trek, just given you know this evolution that she has gone through and where she has landed, that you know she there's so much to explore there, you know because let's face it, she was introduced as the TNA in 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 fourth season of Voyager, and you know obviously Voyager did an interesting job uh, of exploring that character, um, but uh, Enterprise really, I mean Enterprise Picard season three really. Um, took it to a whole new level in terms of, you know, exploring this woman of two worlds and, you know, the struggles that she had and reintegrating into society and, you know, this journey she went on to becoming captain. I mean, it's really a terrific story. And Jerry is just so wonderful. And um, you feel like there's a lot more life left to that character. And of course, some of the young characters like uh, Ed Spielers is, as Jack Crusher and, and certainly Sidney LaForge and um, uh, there's so many great opportunities. And I think also the fact that every time they've tried to do something completely new, it's kind of missed the boat, you know, it's missed the mark. Um, for, for some of us uh, uh, fans. Yes. Well, a, lot, a lot of fans really love the, the new not stuff, a lot. And Let's face it. It's not a lot. Um, <laughs> it's, 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 it's a certain, Certain From a certain and God bless them, and it's wonderful that they like it and can embrace it, but it's not a lot. Uh, I mean, you, you actually said it earlier. I mean, look at the ratings for Picard season three, uh, because people heard it was great, yeah, and people loved it, and they came back. They didn't yeah. sample it and then walk away. They said they stuck with it because it was, you know, something terrific. Now, I got to ask you, Darren, because when we recorded our Picard um, uh, um, wrap up recap, yeah. Um, you hadn't seen. I hadn't seen episode ten. You stepped away while we were we talked about episode ten. I did what you, you wanted. I stayed you, away. You stayed away. <laughs> so now that you've seen episode ten, um, uh, you know, what are your thoughts about uh, the completion of the 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 show? My honest thoughts are that I was satisfied. I liked it. I didn't like it as much as I did episode nine, because I I felt it was a little bit. Um, oh my god, we got to hurry and end this thing. We don't have much time left. Um, it 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 made me think that the that the whole uh, uh, season was a little bit uh, front heavy, in that uh, we had a lot of episodes, uh, you know, uh, dealing with Amanda Plummer and uh, which didn't really amount to anything. Um, and I I I kind of wish that we had had like four episodes uh, that were crammed into two at the end. Uh, that that they could have uh, expanded a little more about the things that happened toward the end. Um, now, this doesn't mean that I didn't really enjoy it. I absolutely did. I thought that the uh, uh, the recap of the uh, Borg Queen was interesting, and it was an interesting take on the whole thing. And uh, I like how uh, Jack became a uh, a powerful character and uh, was able to bring his own humanity uh, to the fore. And uh, Patrick was, uh, was wonderful in sort of, uh, uh, you know, closing off this, uh, this section of the story. And uh, I I really enjoyed it. Of course, seeing everybody, uh, you know, flying around in the D 
uh, was a lot of fun, a little bit, a uh, little bit uh, Millennium Falcon, but I'll forgive it because it was fun and well done. Um, How? But, yes. As someone who is not a huge fan of Star Trek VI, and in a way that Star Trek VI was sort of an elegy for those original characters, despite the fact that Kirk and Chekhov and Scotty came back for generations, but it was kind of the end, the, yeah. the end of the, the that book. This was kind of the end of next generation, right? Yeah. How do you think they compare Star Trek VI? And I think it compares much better uh, because no one in this season did anything stupid. And, you know, characters in six do stupid things and they have uh, strange, uh, strange lines that they have to say. And, uh, you know, there's uh, there's not a there's not a, a speck of uh, of racism in this crew uh, as opposed to uh, what's in six. And I think that the uh, the quote unquote gravitas it wasn't racism. Was... It was xenophobia, by the way. Yeah. Kirk was not being yeah, I guess. racist towards the Klingons. He was being xenophobic. No, I'm, I'm talking about uh, Burke and Somno. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, but no, they were still being uh, xenophobic towards the Klingons. Yeah, not yeah I suppose. I suppose. But the, but they were being very specific about Klingons. So that is yeah. racism. <laughs> um, but anyway, it, it doesn't matter. But uh, because I think that the that the quality of humanity is still intact in Picard season three. And uh, I think for that reason alone, I think it's uh, it it scores way higher in my mind than Trek Six. You know what the biggest problem with it was? They still didn't use the. Everything was we're going aboard Titan. We're oh, it's the it's Enterprise. Right. Just give me my the. I want my the. <laughs> I want when you were going to the Enterprise. Yeah. Oh, there's the Titan. Well, you I, know I because don't want. Because there's like four or five enterprises floating around. Okay, but I want <laughs> so there's the. no B enterprise anymore. I want the. I don't want. The, <laughs> I don't want people to. St- I hate that. Oh, you know, it's well, like, maybe uh, maybe you should be Mark V Altman rather than Mark A. Like, you know, it's like it's reliant. But just like to right. point out, by the way, that uh, that Seven is captain of the seventh enterprise. That's interesting. Oh, Captain of the Seventh Enterprise. Oh, seven of the Seven. Actually, yeah, technically the Eighth, because the A was not. The... You know, somebody said, I don't know who said it, and I, I kind of feel they were right. They said instead of being the Enterprise G, it it should have been the Picard. Yeah, no. They named the ship uh, after no. Picard. No, you know, because that's what they do with aircraft. You know, these are right? the voyages of the Starship, Starship Enterprise, Enterprise, not the voyages of the Starship Picard. And there was something lovely about rewatching this show and knowing. Like feeling like I had this secret that I wanted to share with all my friends who were starting that we were watching the not just like the origin story of like Captain Seven, but like but this is the Enterprise. They're on. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 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 Fair enough. Earned it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Look, I'm not saying I didn't like it, but in in fact, you know, this there's so much Star Trek Four love in that finale Mm -hmm. because the reveal is Star Trek Four. The 900 endings is Star Trek Four, and it opens. With Walter Koenig in that wonderful bit that he does, yeah. you know, and I know it gave him so much joy to to finally be the center of uh, of the action. But when he says, "Do not approach planet Earth," right. I mean that's all yeah, straight that's all up four. Star yeah. Trek Four, and yeah. it's delightful. And by the way, the one thing I'll also say about this show, and I think was nicely encapsulated in that that reveal of the Enterprise. Um, one thing I, I truly the enterprise exactly the enterprise not of enterprise the, that reveal of enterprise no the reveal of the enterprise the enterprise uh, is I really there's actually quotable dialogue in this show and there's mm-hmm. there's great lines and one of my favorites is names mean almost everything mm-hmm. I mean it's a great line it's so true it's yeah. so true well that's why this show is so rewatchable and look when I went to the IMAX screening I'd already seen nine and ten. You know, I think more than once, and mm-hmm. I was thrilled to see it again, and uh, and I adored it. You know, and even though I, you know, and, and and all throughout, I've enjoyed rewatching. And then when my my when Naomi decided that you know when I told her we were going to the screening and, and she knew she had to catch up, I watched him again with her, and she loved it, and I love seeing him again. So, um, uh, you know, it was just so nice to be able to watch. You know, Star Trek. Well, and the great enjoy thing about it, it was it again. there was true anticipation every week. Yeah, yeah. You really wanted to see the next episode, like Heinz Ketchup. Anticipation it's making us right. wait. 
exactly. but you know, and, and even even lucky as uh, as some of us were for getting to see it, uh, you know, earlier uh, before it premiered, um, you still wanted to see them again. So it, it's uh, something totally. that uh, was yeah. missing. It's eminently rewatchable. No, and, and look, that goes back to what's so great about the original. I yeah. mean, we've all seen them ho- literally hundreds of times, and they, they still give you as much joy as yeah. the first time you ever watched them. If you them. see them on, you stop and you watch it again. Yeah, it passes yep. the Jaws test. Yep. And, uh, and, 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 and that's what's so wonderful about Picard, is that um, it's fun to watch the episodes more than once, and that they hold up. So if they're on Pluto TV, for instance, you watch them. Oh, my God. I don't know if you saw that Pluto TV is now showing some of the other Star Treks. And, oh, so disappointed because I used to toggle between the, the TOS TNG channel and the Deep Space Nine channel. Right. Now they've added a bunch of other stuff, Voyager and some of the more recent stuff. And I'm just like, yeah. oh, you've screwed up my whole system. <laughs> I had a system where I would go. And if, if I wasn't in next gen, I would go to deep space. If it was deep space, I liked I'd go to next gen. Or maybe it was a TOS. I mean, I even watched the alternative factor. That's how crazy I was. <laughs> now I can't. Now I screwed up my whole system. I go I and just, I, just Wait, stick with the lo- I just stick with the love boat. You stick with the love boat. They have a whole love boat channel. They do. It's great. Yeah, That's yeah, a course yeah. for love. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm surprised they haven't remade that as a feature with Patrick Stewart as you know, Captain Stooping. They did that SNL skit. That's correct. Yeah. 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 Although you gotta get in touch with what's keeping you from touching. You did back on back on Talk Trek, I oh, yeah. came up with that joke three years before SNL did. Uh mm. I did a whole I did a whole song with lyrics and everything. Maybe you someday know, Darren, maybe someday I'll I'll redo that again. Well, I was just gonna say maybe we should do um put some talk tracks on deck seventy eight. Well, Maybe do uh, some new wraparound special editions, you know. If if and, I can find them, there's a very few tapes that I have left. Uh, so they're like I, the A team. I've actually right. put them online at uh, at. Uh, well, don't say in a podcast. Now we want to put them on X78. But you know, it's a uh, it's certainly uh, a a big uh, part of my past fandom. Uh, but uh, I think uh, some of it is better left unseen. <laughs> 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 okay well when you put it like that um let but, it stay uh, yeah. mythical <laughs> but i but i have to say it's been it's been so nice uh getting all this uh great feedback uh from the fans and the listeners uh uh and and also to see all the conversation online you know about picard because i think a lot of people felt the way we did that it was just so great to be looking forward to star trek every week again yeah so special you know it, it just conjured up something that you know meant a lot to all of us and uh of course uh one of the other joys has been all these recent convention appearances we've been doing and uh we're setting costs for adventure once again because we'll <laughs> be in uh north carolina raleigh in raleigh, raleigh north, north carolina. carolina uh at the end of july uh of course we'll be at comic-con in san diego uh the week prior and and then we'll be heading off to vegas the 57 uh, uh mid-year mission uh, and uh, wrapping things up in the fall with um, Austin, Texas uh, on Labor Day weekend. And uh, then in December, we'll be out in Columbus, Ohio, returning to the scene of the Arnold Schwarzenegger statue, this time with Ashley Miller in tow. So uh, those Galaxy Cons have been absolutely terrific. We have wonderful guests, wonderful conversations, yep. and a uh, great chance to meet many of our listeners and fans who've been turning out. Uh, I know Overnight Joe and his wife are planning on making a special um uh, anniversary trip to come see us Sweet. in uh, 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 February and in, in Columbus. And I wouldn't be surprised to see uh, many of our other listeners in Vegas as, as well as uh, some of the people that are coming to. And I have to thank, um, uh, I forget who it was, but I still have not gotten my box of books from that awful hotel. Um, uh, remember I told you that they, yeah. they, they didn't tell me that the books had arrived until after right. I had left. Well, they were supposed to send it back to me. I have yet to receive my, my books from that, that 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 Hilton. I am well, so mad. Maybe they're with uh, my DVD. Uh, you got sent <laughs> your DVD. I mean, you even told me you got it. He even asked to confirm, and you said you got it. You don't that even remember. Me. It was just that it was you. It was you. It was you, it was you, you sir. It because I even said, "Did you get the DVD?" This was back in November or something. Yeah, and you know. Like, oh, yeah, me. I got it. This even confirmed that you had gotten it. But uh, but anyway, we we need to watch it. Is the point? Yeah, so we, that we can answer this vexing question, 
Right. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm totally vexed. <laughs> totally vexed. And also, by the way, uh, for fans of um, this podcast, you might want to check out the 430 movie because uh, uh, this week we have a very special crossover with Inglorious Trexpers. It's the uh, Six Degrees of Star Trek, where uh, Ashley, Darren, and myself, and the great Stephen Melching uh, uh, program a fantasy theme week of movies featuring Star Trek actors in other roles. So uh, it's really great to wait and be surprised about who we pick for this very special week of Star Trek actors and other roles. Now, are, uh, are, and, are we not putting it into the Trexperts feed as well? Well, uh, I don't know. Uh, do you want to? I mean, I, 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 don't, I don't think it's a bad idea. Okay. We can you know, do that. Sort of, sort well, of get the, get well, the maybe crossover of the fans the as well. Movie. Wait for it to show up on this feed. Or... Or you know what? Listen to it Listen both, to both times. That way we can really pump up the numbers. That's pump right. up the volume. Pump up the, just pump like up Christian Slater. And he would have been good. Six degrees of Star Trek. Oh my God. Other yeah. roles because <laughs> Christian Slater, Star of course, Trek is Star Trek 6. Yeah. Darren's favorite movie. It's my favorite Brew Romance could have been. Oh, oh, if only. If only I thought yeah. of it. And it was great having Asbel on last week. He's coming back for our Nemesis commentary, um, which will be uh, which will be fun. Well, and, we still uh, have to we still have to do uh, uh, first contact commentary. Yeah, eventually. Yeah, we do. Yeah, before and, Nemesis. Uh, no, we'll do Nemesis yeah, because we already talked about first contact. Nemesis, we haven't talked about it any and any any kind of and Nemesis it ties into Picard, which is still in the zeitgeist. <laughs> you know, it'll be interesting to see though. Well, first contact you know, does in fact tie into Picard. No, it does. It does. Definitely, does. Definitely does. <laughs> Definitely does, but we 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 talked to John about that a lot in that episode. Yeah. So um, it it's it's you know Nemesis. Yeah, we but it's really not a commentary. About. You need a commentary. We need totally need a commentary. We need we, a commentary. we also didn't do a commentary on um uh it was a things. movie we we haven't done a commentary on Star Trek Six. We just did the the the, the battle correct. and and the Matera Nebula That's between correct. you and, and Steve. If, and if we probably I should do a full commentary again, on that. If I have to sit through six again and do a commentary, wow, that's hard. First, come on, you don't really feel that way, do you? No, I don't feel that. Way. I, I know, I know. It's, you can't you just can't playing it up way. a little bit. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And and but Star Trek three on the other. <laughs> anyway, well, look, it's always a pleasure to sort of look. And obviously, if you want to share your thoughts, you can do. Uh, you can email us at trexpertsplus at gmail Of course, you can. Uh, we appreciate you sharing your views on itunes or wherever you get your podcast five-star reviews are appreciated they always bring new people to the podcast and um, uh, encourage people to listen which is great because we we're always delighted to welcome new listeners on board the good ship trexperts um <laughs> and uh and of course um uh what else uh, what else that's really about it but um if you're a fan of the podcast um you can subscribe at trexpressplus.com to get bonus episodes of deck 78 where we talk about star trek adjacent subjects recently we were lucky enough to have david burke on to talk about wise guy and sequest we had uh, ken johnson on talking about v and the incredible hulk and six million dollar man uh, we had the great uh, charles hildebrandt talking about his father's work and his uncle, uh, the great brothers Hildebrandt, as well as his own work on the deadly spawn. Um, we've, uh, and we got some more stuff coming up, including Sarah Douglas. So if you don't want to miss out on the deck 78 goodness, you want to subscribe to Trexpress plus today. And if you have problems getting your credit card accepted, uh, keep, keep at it. <laughs> Apparently send us your um, credit card information and, directly. And if, if no, not, uh, do you not. should write to Spotify, <laughs> Uh, Spotify, uh, customer, Spotify service, customer service. They'll help you uh, help you resolve that uh, quickly, quietly, and efficiently, and legally. Um, and if not, maybe ChatGPT can help you before it <laughs> conquers the world. Um, and that's really about it for us. But we thank you for joining us for another mailbag episode. Thanks for hanging out. Uh, soon we'll be thinking about uh, our next holiday special. I imagine. Oh my God, we better start it soon, or we'll never finish. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's true. <laughs> and I got to make a decision about this host thing. Um, because uh, it's almost May now. Um, we'll have to and, start lining uh, up uh, auditions. The yeah. the season ends. Uh, our season ends in September, and then I got to decide what I'm going to do. Asbel's chopping at the bit to take that center seat. I don't think he is. I don't really think he is. <laughs> I think he. Uh, well, think he'll he, never he's... admit it to you. I don't know. He wants your job. We can see it in his uh, eyes. The way he looks. Look, at there you. are plenty of people. Now, I'm, I'm sure Scott Mance would love to Scott audition. Mance. Rob Burnett. No, no, no. He's got his own show. Walking. 
lot of possibilities. As Mr. Spock is fond of saying, there are always possibilities. And, uh, you know, make the podcast go come now. I think K would be great. I mean, there's so many K would be great. K is my pick to replace me, actually. I just don't know if she can commit to the schedule. Yeah. Yeah. We should do a poll. Who would you like to see replace Mark? Maybe his twin brother, Bark. Just get all the names, and then the last one is like literally anyone. And just <laughs> see, like, Bark Altman. Mark. Bark Altman. My goodness. Well, good. Yeah. Maybe Barton Fink. Um, is he frozen or just really happy? Well, he could be both. Uh, thanks, for, uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, hopefully, uh, Mark is doing okay. And uh, I'm doing great. Now and, he's going to give uh, us the sign out. No, that doesn't, that doesn't work. Not, not until I'm done. When I'm done, you'll know I'm done and then you can do it. But until or then, you'll freeze. I'm going to do it. So uh, on behalf of Ashley Edward Miller, Darren Docterman, myself, Mark A. Altman, a big thanks to Mark Rivera, Peter Holmstrom. Uh, until next week, when we return with an all new episode of Inglorious Trexperts, keep on trekking. Ingloriously, of course. Take a drink. Shh. A cocktail.